it's time for To The Max Sports, where we talk about sports. They're just two guys, Max and Drew, in a bar talking all things sports. Well, without the bar. And the beer. Wait, why aren't we in the bar? He averaged over 26 points a game. He was a 12-time All-Star, including an MVP in one of the All-Star games. He was in the MVP running and finished second twice, was in the top five, a total of three times for a total of five. And he was the only player that Jerry West said I would pay to see the man play. Mm-hmm. George, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, George. How are you doing, thank man? I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thank How's you. your golf game? Ain't bad. I mean, I still get up and down. I mean, and you know, if you play golf, that's what you want to be able to do. Because yeah. you're not going to hit all the greens. So uh, you get up and down. To me, that's a great par, you know. So I, I still love the game. Well, I know you had a you had a pretty nasty game. Is that coming in? Yeah. I know, I know you had a pretty good game when we played. Um, so you're playing out at the TPC now? I do. I, you know, that hard golf course there. Um, I played, you know, the Oaks. The Oaks is, uh, man, what a golf course. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to play, fun to play. Uh, but, you know, it's... You know, it's a nice uh, club, to, you know, that I that I joined and I have fun. I miss my Santerra group. Um, you know, I used to have a lot of fun there. I have a lot of history with that Santerra, but, you know, I moved on. And now I'm playing at TPC and I enjoy it. Well, for anyone who doesn't know what the TPC is, that's where the Valero opens out. And I've played that course, and let me tell you, you can hit a ball in the center of the green there and you don't know where it's going to end up. It's like getting a ball in an ice rink. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's 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 a it's a tough tough golf course, but. Well, I remember when a few times we played, you had a group of guys, Rogers over here, and they used to like to chatter and get in your head. <laughs> and, and I said, the man's heard that trash talk. Always be quiet while he's putting. So actually, when everyone was quiet, you you missed a couple, but I, but I had to get them to quiet down. Well, yeah, you know, I was built to compete. That's right. You know, so, you know, and being able to compete on a, you know, high level, you know, it do make a difference when you're in a position to where you got to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of train, you know, uh, kind of like you guys, you, you know, you have a military background. Yes, sir. You know, so you was trained for certain things to be able to do it when it's it's called for. So it's the same concept. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's retrace that. So you were born in Detroit, Ohio. I was down the road on Dayton, or, or Detroit, uh, Michigan, rather. Mm-hmm. I, I came from the Dayton area, Pickle, Ohio. So um, when did you first discover basketball? How old were you? Oh, wow. You I mean, when you first, like— I uh, had two brothers, man, ahead of me that played all the time. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, I knew about the game. Um, so did you kind of follow them around? Yeah, I kind of you're trying to follow them around. guys, man. <laughs> we were stair steps and as far as ages. So, but I didn't really take it in until I was probably 13, 14 when okay. I started playing, you know, quite a bit. So I remember back in the day when, you know, that's, that's all we did was kids just play basketball from, you know, dusk to dawn and, Everyone had that that park, a park near yeah. the house. Did you do you remember that park? You yeah, well, yeah. You know, I lived on Field Street uh, in the 
the inner city of Detroit, and it was a playground right down the street, and you know, at a at an old elementary school, and that's where we would all play every day. You know, I mean, it's every day we would play. So yeah. in the snow and winter time, oh, yeah. it didn't matter. We, you know, we still played. It was probably the funnest during the summer, wasn't it? Those hot summer nights when you're out yeah. there playing. Yeah. You know, I go home. Every once in a while, and I drive by the old park. Yeah. It's empty now. Yeah. If you close your eyes, you can still smell the barbecue. Yeah. You got all those guys out there playing. And and back then, they, I'm sure you can attest to this. I mean, you, you had the little local legends. And when you were in the playground playing with the older kids and guys, some of the adults, you know, man, they played for keeps. I mean, yeah. you wanted to build that best team because you were going to stay on the court if if your team was – when did you, you know, know that? Growing up, you know, in playgrounds, you know, playground was short-lived, and, and we played in a place that's called Franklin Sullivan uh, on the east side of Detroit, and that's where, you know, um, most of the guys would end up going. You know, I, I remember that more on a competition uh, level, and my two oldest brothers played there, and, gotcha. you know, you if you didn't win, you know, you yeah, didn't you play for the rest of the day. <laughs> that's right. So... So you had to put together a good team, right? Yeah, yeah. You had yeah. a cousin, right, Ralph Simpson? Ralph Simpson wasn't my cousin, but Ralph is, um, you know, one of the greatest basketball players, I think, that come out of the PSL, mm -hmm. PSL Public School League. Uh, he played with um, Spencer Haywood. You know, Spencer Haywood obviously was one of the – he's a Hall of Famer, mm -hmm. and uh, he come out of that. Era. They was a little bit before me. Yeah. You know, they played more against my my oldest brother. Older brothers. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got familiar with them two gentlemen. So I've always said, you know, uh, talking heads can always assess a player's ability and he's this or that. But the gold standard is what your peers say. So I want to run a couple things by you, get your thoughts on it. And uh, Jerry West, he said, you're the only guy he would pay to see play. Why do you think he said that? Well, I mean, he must appreciate how I played, and you know the, you know the effort that I put into the game. Um, being as great as he was, um, we all know he knew how to play. Um, and he was one of the best to ever play, especially at the position he played. And to get a compliment like that, um, you know, I never f forgot he said it after all these years. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, real. Um, proud that he felt that way about my game yeah more than one nba player that you played with also said if i had to start a pickup game my first player would be iceman oh you're talking about magic johnson who, who would be your second iceman <laughs> so so why do you think he said that well i mean again that's your style of play well i mean they knew i loved it i worked at it and I was very skilled, you know, I mean, you know, being able to do the things that I wanted to do on the, on the court and it didn't matter who was guarding me. So I knew magic since he was 14. So mm -hmm. I saw magic come up as a kid. I mean, so he was one of them kids that, you know, kind of looked up to me and how I played and mm -hmm. hopefully that inspired him to do the things that, that, that he did and, and and was able to accomplish all the things he did. Well, being your size, we'll, we'll talk about it later. You know, he you, you kind of set the stand, gold standard for 
uh, people your height that could play the guard position. I know you credit Bob Bass for that. But, um, you know, you're 13, 14 years old, and then a gentleman named Mr. Winters comes into your life, right? Yeah, Mr. Winters, a janitor at um, Martin Luther King, where I went to school. Uh, Tell me a little bit how he played a role in your life. Well, Mr. Winters, you know, he was uh, smart just like I was uh, in the sense of being able to um, take care of my responsibility and uh, uh, give me an opportunity to practice. I used to love to practice, so I used to practice after practice. And and he had to sweep the gym, clean up the gym. So he used to always tell me, you know, George, you can shoot all you want, but you have to sweep the gym after you finish. So I, I did. I mean, and, you know, and then I had a, a guy, a friend of mine named Bobby Chapman, man. I never forget it, man. Bobby Chapman is always like to play with me and against me. Mm-hmm. So I told Bobby, you want to come play, man? You got to sweep the gym. <laughs> so you learn quick, right? So uh, he came in, he swept the gym after I started shooting. So, but at Mr. Winters, man, I, I, I really never got a chance to, to thank him like I wanted to, man, in person because he passed. Mm-hmm. You know, but he played a significant part in my uh, young life, and I, I wanted to, you know, to thank him for giving me that opportunity. So you're five eight sophomore, um, and then you sprout up in your senior year. I believe you lead your high school to the state title, don't you? Well, I, we didn't win it. Um, you know, we. But you're in it. Yeah, we was in it. I mean, we was in the you know state finals. Uh, we lost a. Uh, uh, the city championship um, and, you know, them two separate championships. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't win uh, a championship when I was in high school, uh, nor did I do one one in college. Um, well, after college, you had a, a brief stint, uh, actually, with the legendary Jerry Tarkanian, mm-hmm. but that was, that was kind of short-lived. Were you just homesick yeah. or not ready for the, the big move? Yeah, I, I never been anywhere. I mean, we're talking about a kid that grew up in the inner city of Detroit. And I, you know, no California dreaming, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it was different. You uh-huh. know? And then that Santa Ana winds came in, and, you know, I, I knew nothing about the Santa Ana winds, and that wind just kept blowing and blowing. And I called my mom and said, Mom, I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I, I, I'm ready to come back home. So, I, you know, I left and. Yeah, and you yeah, went to home. went to Eastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah, they was waiting on me. Um, so they were waiting on you. Mm-hmm. Spent a couple years yet there. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you, you know, er, er, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. When you're in East, Eastern Michigan, you had that incident, very uncharacteristic of the Ice Man, but you let a guy get under your skin. Mm, man, it changed yeah. my life, man. Uh, so tell me a little about bit about that. When we played and we was playing, uh, we would pick to win that year, uh, you know, the conference and win the, you know, the championship. Uh, but, you know, Jay Pecola, uh, who played for Roanoke, um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're talking about the 70s. Right. And we're talking about being in an area of the country that, you know, was, you know, felt was racist. Mm-hmm. And the referees was awful, you know, and... Um, we were playing and he was holding me and grabbing me and, and I, I got him off of me, you know, I got him off of me in a way that at the time, that's how I was raised. I was raised to defend myself mm-hmm. and I hit him and I knocked him out and it changed my whole life. Yeah, but you know? with, with every dark cloud comes 
Many Man, blessings. So, so, so at that point, I guess it's safe to assume you're, you're kind of off the team. Uh, is that when you kind of embark on the CBA? Was it the CBA journey? Well, you know, when they, I could have stayed in school, but they was telling me that I might not could play the following year. So for me, I went to school to play basketball. Yeah. And not being able to play, I withdrew from school and, you know, I had to do something. So Roy White of Pontiac had the CBA team, and he asked me to come play for him, and he gave me $500 a weekend so and a car. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard to turn down, so I started playing uh, continental basketball for about six months. Okay. So you're there, and then another life-changing event occurs, I believe. That's a, a scout named Johnny Kerr? Yep, Johnny Red Kerr. So he saw me. He saw you and said... Said, man, like this young man's talent? I was having about 38. Man. And Johnny called his friend, which was uh, Earl Foreman, who was with the Virginia Squires. Mm-hmm. And he said, you ought to take a look at this kid. And he flew me in and, you know, told me to shoot around. And he signed me on the spot. 40 Gs, right? Yeah, 50 Gs, man. So that's a big difference from, from, what, 500 to 50? Or you're probably like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, but it's, you know, it was, it was like you said, it was a life-changing experience. But you said also in the beginning, things happen for a reason. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a good happen when I knocked the kid out. Right. You know, but it would put me on that journey. The journey. That, you know, to become a, a young pro. Wouldn't have happened without it. Yeah, yeah. So the Virginia signs you. You go off to them. Tell me a little bit about that. That new league and the excitement. Of course, you got to talk about Dr. J a little well, bit. Well, the ABA, I mean, the ABA was a, a great league. And, and thankfully for me that it was uh, in existence because I was too young to go in the NBA. You know, they weren't taking hardship cases back then. So I only had one league that I could play in, and that was, uh, you know, the ABA. And fortunately for me, Dr. J was on that team. Mm-hmm. and. You know, me and Dr. J, you know, playing together, you know, and him being who he was uh, as far as, uh, you know, Mr. ABA, we all felt that, you know. So that was, uh, you know, something special for me. He was a great man. I mean, he was a good human being. And, you know, he he worked with me and helped build up my self-esteem and confidence um, to let me know I was in the right place that I could play. And, you know, we're still friends today. I read somewhere where a lot of times you'd go one-on-one with him in the beginning and most of the time he'd beat you. But I've always said, no matter what sport you play, I play pickleball now because I can't, I took your advice on golf. I took two weeks off and quit. Oh, that was good. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, you, you you know, golf a hard game. Golf is the only game I know make you want to cheat. So if you're going to cheat, you might well quit. So (laughs) you ain't trying, if you ain't cheating in golf. I'm telling you, oh, no, but man, anyway, that's good. but yeah, my philosophy has always been whatever I played, you never get better unless you play someone who's better than you at the time. And you recognize that. And I'll tell you what, man, to all you young kids out there, go, go pull up some Dr. J video. Mm-hmm. The man had moves that I still haven't seen to this day. The rock, mm-hmm. the rock, the baby one. And that one where he's palming the basketball down and then does that. Reverse flip layout. That I mean, was great, oh. man. I mean, but you know, he was a better person than he was ball player. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I had that, you know, opportunity to see that, you know, as a human being, um, you know, what he did on the floor, he was able to do because of his work aptitude. Mm-hmm. You know, he worked at it. Um, and then what he did for me, uh, you know, I, I'm a young kid coming in playing against a legend already. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was respectful. I wasn't scared. Yeah. I mean, because I could play. But I was very respectful to him. I mean, and we played pretty much after every practice. And then, you know, sooner or later, I get my confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wanted me to have. Yeah. And, boy, it just helped take me to that level that I needed to be, you know, at that young age in my life. And I kept progressing. So, you know, I owe a lot to him, man. But he's a good human being. And that's what I love about him most of all. And then at that, at some point, then you uh, get tendered a contract from the Spurs, I believe. And rumor has he kind of went hi- in hiding for a week. We just... Nervous about the whole deal? No, I mean, that's how it worked. I mean, um, Earl Foreman sold my contract to the Spurs, and then he tried to renege. So what happened is that Spurs had to take him to court. So instead of me uh, playing for either team and stuff, then Spurs, you know, just said that we had your rights, and, you know, we're going to take you take, um the Virginia to court, and they did. And but in the meantime, I couldn't play at all. So I was in a hotel downtown at Hilton Del Del Rio. That was what it was called back mm-hmm. then, and I couldn't play for wow three or four weeks. So when you got to San Antonio, were you thinking, "My goodness, this it's it's totally alien to any environment." Detroit or even Virginia for that matter, you know. Oh man. Did it do it? Were you like ready to call mama again at that no, point? Oh man, I wanted to call somebody else, <laughs> I tell you. It was uh it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm coming from I'm, again, I'm a young African American black kid. Mm-hmm. I'm around Hampton Institute, Norfolk State, Richmond University, so I'm around none but young black African American yeah. girls. <laughs> You know, I mean, and then I come to San Antonio, uh, they didn't even have a radio station that I like. But they had a lot of pretty senioritas. Yeah, but, you know, I went into the senioritas, you know. I mean, so, you know, for me, I was in a foreign land. And, boy, I never did know, man, how this city would grab me and make me a part of it. Um, never could see that. You know, only thing I knew about San Antonio was the Alamo. And that was from history. Yeah, right. You know, I didn't know anything else about San Antonio, man. But as time went by. So was it tough for like the first year? And then yeah, you started, man, you know what? It was tough because I didn't have fun playing. We had Tom DeSalke was the coach. And he was one of them old school coaches yeah. that, you know, didn't run. I mean, he called plays every yeah. time down. I mean, it was just so boring. and Especially coming from the ABA where it was running good. Man, I mean, so... You know, I mean, the first few years, like anything else, a job, anybody take, you know, you got to get used to it, get used to his environment. And and it took me a while. Was, there any, was there any point early where you're like, man, I'm going to play this out and Boulder no. after it got to a point, you're like, man, I love the city. I love the. Well, you know, after, after a period of time when they made the coaching change and Bob Bass took over and then we started running and having fun. and So another life changing event, Bob Bass said, man. You're not a forward no more. You're a guard. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. It changed my life, man. It changed my career. Speak about that a little bit. You know, Bob, man, he saw something that I didn't see. I was 100 and 
80 pounds, and I was playing forward, playing against guys 230, 240, and, and you know, they were much bigger. So, you know, there wasn't nothing I could do against them physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bob saw and said, look, I, I want to put you at guard. I said, I don't want to go to guard, man. I mean, I was just being divisive. And uh, he said, well, I don't care what you want to do. I'm going to put you at guard. And he put me at guard. It made me the ball player that I, uh, that I have became. And, and it was career changing. You had three scoring titles as a guard, right? Yeah, I had three. I had three in a row. First and then I, then I won another one after. Yeah, four. Adrian Dantley beat me. I kind of didn't like that. And I said, let me get one more. <laughs> I end up getting four. If you're gonna get beat, AD was man. Yeah. He was he was a baller for sure. He was man. Well, speaking of balling, um, then during the '78 '79 campaign to get one of those, I think David Thompson scored sixty-three some odd points. Mm-mm, David Thompson scored seventy-three. Seventy-three. You know, so and we- so you go into that game. I believe needing like sixty some odd points. 59? No, I, you know the the the, the, the uh, time you're talking about is the last game of the season when I led the league in scoring and I was leading all the way to the last game and me and David was nick and tuck and you know David had a big game in Detroit, my hometown. He scored seventy three. Mm-hmm. David played in the afternoon. Fortunately for me, I was playing that night. So Did you play that night? We played in New Orleans. Okay. And so we was in the big Superdome. And, you know, the press called me and said, well, you know, David scored 73, just took over the scoring lead. You need 59 in order to regain it. Okay. So I needed 59. And yeah, I believe Doug Moe said we're going to go out and let you try to get it. I yeah, believe. man. I mean, but, you know, you think about it. It was the right relationship that my guys wanted me to have it. That was more for me. You know, that's, that was everything. They were saying, yeah, come on, Ice, you know, we're going to get you the ball, put you in the right spots, and, you know, we want you to get it. And I wouldn't have got it without that attitude. Started off kind of rough, didn't it? Yeah, missed first six. Rumor has it you said, man, guys, that just forget about it. They're like, no, 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 we're (laughs) – and that probably gave you a lot of confidence that second go around. Those guys saying, "Nice, nah, we're, you, you know, um, we're you're getting this." You know, Drew, humility is everything. You know, and I understood that. You know, and I and and this was a a big task for them guys to to do that for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Man, we ain't got to do it." And them guys said, "Man, come on, Ice, you know, shake it off." You know, that's all I needed, mm-hmm. you know. So I finished that quarter with 20, and in the next quarter I got 33. So I only needed 59. Well, we say I only needed, but. <laughs> that's that's, you know, that's that was pretty my strong. Man, that was my mentality back then, you know. I, yeah. That's what I could do, man. I could put the ball in the basket. And So it's funny. Uh, I think Chamberlain had the record. Mm-hmm. Thompson broke it, a 16-year-old record. Thompson breaks it, and four or five hours later, you break his. I mean, the, the fun part about it is to hear David talk about it, man. Oh, man. But, you know, I mean, it's just – but, again, you know, he showed humility. Yeah. You know, because he was saying he wasn't mad. 
You know, I mean, he was, he understood. I mean, he felt that if anybody could do it, I could. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, what a story. Yeah, man. and I would say yours was probably tougher just given the fact that if I'm New Orleans, I'm like, oh, no, you, you ain't getting this on our watch. We know what you're trying to do. So I'm sure that they were, you know. They didn't want me to have it? Yeah. You know what sucks is there's no videotape of either of those games. And I found out why the other day. Have the check retired that yeah. day and so all the press ran off to yeah. to cover his it's unbelievable there's no video of, of either one of those games oh yeah well it don't matter but you know I mean, it still would have yeah, been cool yeah it don't matter yeah. i mean that's you know that's how the world was back then yeah it's, it's, you, know, you know i mean but you still talk about it today yeah you know so it's you know it still had a, a an impact you yeah. know i will never forget it i mean you know it's gonna be forgot but yeah. a lot of people don't know what you just said about the reason why it wasn't covered, you know, called one of the great players of all time was retiring. Yeah. I respect that. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. he was, he was one of the best to do it, man. I got a chance to play against him mm -hmm. before he retired and he was special then. And he was, you know, 30 some years old. So yeah. we all only could do it so long. I don't care what you say. You only can stay on top so long and then you got to come down and you know, that's, what we all, everybody going to be an ex-pro one day. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, I remember back in the day, you know, I was a I was a basketball nut watching the games. I'm from Ohio, and I become a Hawks fan because back then I could watch the Hawks every night. Ted Turner had TNT. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, I grew up watching John Drew and, oh, wow, and Tree Rollins. Play. Man, and, he could play. And, you know, the Tree Rollins, all those guys and, you know, it's it's kind of a shame that, that back then you couldn't see, you know, I, I heard of the Iceman and see yeah. pictures and look at the box scores, but unless they were playing a Saturday game, you know, or playing well, you know, a lot of our games, even in the playoffs, even in the playoffs was taped delayed. Yeah, yeah, they sure were. You know, I mean, and there's so many guys that deserve to be recognized that don't because of, you know, technology. I mean, that's everything. Are, are, are you kind of glad you grew up when you did without all these social media stuff these kids have to go through now and oh man are you I mean, kidding it's be me tough for these kids nowadays. the choices that i was making back <laughs> then you better believe it man i mean i i you <laughs> know you know people always <laughs> people always say man don't you wish you had been playing during this time i'd be saying are y'all your mind <laughs> not at all i mean because see they looking at the money you know i i'm looking at the technology <laughs> you know it the game, you know, being a celebrity or living that life ain't what it seems. Mm -hmm. It's more to it than what people see. People see you two and a half hours. People don't see you when you get off the floor. Yeah. You know, and if they did, they probably want to see you on the floor no more. <laughs> <laughs> see, people don't recognize that about the game, man. I, you know, so that's yeah. the sad part about, you know, for me is how they look up to these men. You know, I mean, you know, they worship them. You don't know what that guy doing after yeah. he get off the court. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's really shameful, you know, but again, you know, we all looking for hope, you know, and you hope you can find it in another man, but I yeah. know you can't, so. 
Yeah, yeah. sometimes you have to reach for that higher power, and we all got to yeah. get there at some point in our lives. Some, you know, I hey, I was if it's any consolation, I went an NBA player, but I was sure was a knucklehead. Hey, <laughs> wasn't we all? Ain't no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, a kid that I'm really rooting for and praying he gets it together because he's probably one of the few NBA players right now that's like reminds me of the 70, 80 players, and that's Jean Morant. Yeah, that kid's got some mad hops, but he, he's kind of mixing it in with the wrong crowd. I yeah, just, well, I just it happens, it man. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm disappointed in the, not the league, but the Players Association. The Players Association need people like us to help guide these young men. You know, because what they doing and stuff, man, you know, we didn't already done. You know, I don't yeah. care what aspect that you look at it. I mean, it's the same game. I mean, it's the, you know, same environment that you, you know, that you played in. And I think we can be such a benefit to guys like that. Because, you know, he lost, you know, I mean, and like you said, preferably he'd be found. But, you know, you, you look and his dad is just as much out there as he is. So where he going to get his direction from? Yeah. You know, so they need, you know, people like ourselves, yeah. man, that then experienced things, that went through things, and turned their life around, man. And, you know, again, you know, uh, knowing that there's something greater than man that you should, mm -hmm. you know, direct your attention to. Yeah, man, it's, it's you need the old heads out there teaching these, these youngsters that, because, you know, it may just take one word to resonate. I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this because you had a strong mom. I did too. My grandmother, I can still hear words to her day that she told me. I, I, I remember my mom, my grandmother laying on her deathbed and saying, Drew, I want you to promise me one thing. She goes, grow up a Christian, be a Christian. Man, I did everything I could to fight that for the longest time. But just little things like that, that you can teach these kids. And it doesn't have to be a parent. It can be, a, it can be anybody. My mom, that, those words gonna a, resonate, you know? my mom gave me um, value, morals, and principles and to live by, you know, the golden rules. You know, she always said, you know, treat people like you want to be treated, and you won't have too many issues. And, you know, that, just think about that, man. I mean, you know you. Treat people like you want to be treated, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how I live my life. Man. Well, I, I can... I can personally attest to that because I, the, the few times I've been around you, people come up to you, and you probably don't remember this, but you were at the Hyatt. This is probably uh, 2004, 2005, Alpha 151, hitting golf balls. And I didn't know you at the time, and I see you down there, and I call my buddy. I said, you know, I'm like, first time, see, oh, George Kerwin's down here. And and I walked down there, and I said, could, could you tell my friend hi, you know? and you get on the phone and you say, hi, Al, how you doing? And you didn't have to do that. You're playing golf. You could have said, man, can't, can't you see I'm busy? But I remember one time you told me on the golf course because people were coming up and, and I'm thinking, man, does this guy ever have a bad day? And I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do what you do. I really, I'm out honest. And uh, I remember you said, oh, Drew, just part of the job. And I mean, think about it, country. man. Um you know, life is about relationship. You know, I love people. You know, I know a lot of people just, you know, love what I did and, you know, and, and want to compliment me, you know, on my play. Uh, you know, I, I feel 
bad if you come to me and, you know, and, you, you know, you're all smiles and you're all happy and you're saying, hey, how you doing? And I, and I don't say nothing. I say, get away from me. I, that ain't in my pedigree. Yeah. You know, so, again, that's the values, morals, and principles and treat people like you want to be treated. Up. Well, I think you just answered your own question yeah. of how the city embraced you because yeah. you were so kind to the city and you've done so much work. And, you know, we, we, we can talk about some of those AD teams. I mean, we know all that. And I know you spent some time in Europe. What, what was your experience like in Europe? It was great, man. Uh, only problem I had in Europe is that I went over there 190 and I came back 240. <laughs> that was the only problem I had. Been so you're living in, oh, oh. Wait a minute, you're living in San Antonio with tacos all over the place. No, Skinny man. as a rail and, and you get big over there. Man, God, man, because I only play one day a week. <laughs> play every Sunday at 5 o'clock for 30 Sundays. That's about my schedule there. So all I did was eat pasta and rice and... Man, man, it's some of the best food man I ever had in my life, man. And so I played in Italy for a year. Then I left there and went to play in in uh, Spain. Mm-hmm. So you know, having that European experience, I mean, for my children, you know, and and, and my wife, I mean, it was everything. Yeah, I mean, awesome. it's it's you know, it gave them a chance to see a different culture. Mm-hmm. You know, to see how people are basically the same. You know, I mean it. They picked up the language real well or early, you know. Um, but, you know, you don't use it, you know, you lose it. And, yeah. But the experience, man, you know, it was just unbelievable. And, you know, and then for me, once I retired, I was able to come back and join the Spurs. And, you know, I've been with the Spurs ever since, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's such a, a beautiful relationship. The Spurs family. You yeah, know, for me, um, what I do in the community you know, it basically comes from me working in the community service office and see what they did in the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we was able to start my programs here in San Antonio. So, Well, I'm, I want to talk about your programs, but you're the only guy, I believe, that started your career with, with Doc J and ended it with MJ. Mm-hmm. So he, he was kind of that, that young bull, shall I say, you know, on the rise. Do you feel that he was kind of, you know, you were the old guy, but he didn't seem like the type that really wanted to kind of be taken under his wing. He he kind of well, had his own different. little style, didn't Yeah, he? I mean, he was different, man. I wasn't the guy to, to do it. You know, I think it would have been done. It would have been somebody else. I think how I got there. and Do you feel they ever give you your propers, being like a elder statement with your bona fides already? Or he was I, he I just th- doing I his think own he thing? respect me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he respect my talent as, as a, a, you know, basketball player. Um, I think he had a different outlook that he had things that he wanted to prove. Yeah. You know, and there wasn't nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. You know, he never disrespected me or anything. Um, he just played hard and, you know, he, he showed me it was time for me to go. <laughs> You know, well, uh, you're not the only NBA player yeah. that said. I think Magic said that. Yeah, he showed me it was time to go, man. I mean, because you only can stay on top so yeah, long. Yeah. You know, I've been in San Antonio. I was on top for 12 years. You so, know, then when I went there, it was his team. You know, it wasn't my team no more. You know, so I accepted that. Um, he helped me retire. 
You know, come on, man. I mean, I, hey, man, this brother played so hard in practice. I was there like, hey, Mike, hey, you know, just practice. He said, oh, that's all right, old man. Go sit down. I said, okay, I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> I loved him, though, man. I mean, he had something, man. He, I saw something in him that I never saw in nobody else. That competitive streak? His drive. They, they said he would bet. Two ants crossing the table. I mean, he, his aunt had to win. Well, you there know, were two that's ants a, crossing the table. You know, that more. Which I'm sure you appreciated that, though, too. He's more of an addiction than anything right, else. Yeah. You know, he had a desire. He had a drive to beat everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I respected that from him. Um, the game changed, man. The, the game changed. It, you know, it evolves. It evolved from when I played. It evolved from when Oscar and them played, when I played. Now when he played, and now again, you know, it's and it's getting let, more let, popular. Well, let me ask you this, because maybe I'm a, I'm an old schooler. I, I just don't think basketball is as – it's just me, man. And tell me if I'm wrong. Back in your day, like you said, you called yourself a showman. There were – you had the rivalries, and – Teams, teams truly didn't like each other. Now you got these these guys. I mean, Spurs scored 131 points the other night and lose by 20. And I'm like, come on, man. Is there any? It just doesn't seem like there's that competitive. Hey, I don't like this team. There's there's not that rivalry anymore. There's not that. Well, you know, I you hate to say, it, it kind of boring to you me. Get man. in the playoffs. I mean, it's a lot but of games. It's a lot the of playoffs games. get better, but but I mean the 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 whole game has changed, Drew. It, it ain't played like it played when I played. But do you think it's better? Well, I, I you know. I don't all, get you in trouble. The, no, it all depends what you call better. You I know, mean, just, I mean, it ain't the same how we play. Name a fierce rivalry right now in the NBA. I, I can't. No, I, well. But, but I could back in the 80s. And, you know, you had Philly and Celtics. You had the Celtics and Lakers. You had the Lakers. Them days are gone, buddy. Yeah. The money now. The yeah, money changes oh, everything. Think about it. You, I'll give you a perfect example. It's like you start a business, okay, and it started to grow. You get a good foundation, so you start growing off of it. Everybody started making money. Everybody in the league now making money. You know, people talk about salaries. People talk about these guys making $200 million. Who paying them $200 million? <laughs> How much they making to pay $200 million? You know, I always say this, man. It's the wealthy guys paying the rich guys. Yeah. Everybody making money now. So so now the product is out there. The product is there. It's established. You know, now they got to keep it going. Yeah. And they got nothing to do with basketball no more. <laughs> Protect it and do good things <laughs> you with got, it. You keep it going, man. Come on. They getting $14 billion for television this year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy it's, money. It's the second most valuable you know, sports in the United States behind football, yeah. only behind football. Well, I'm, I'm a part of that foundation. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Now, I ain't going to get no money from it, but I got some of the best health insurance, man, from the NBA, man, that a man can have in pro sports. That's more valuable yeah. than money, you know, for a guy like me, 70 some years old. Yeah. I'm falling apart. So, you know, you, you got to have a health insurance. Yeah. So I'm proud of the NBA, man. I'm yeah. so proud of, of what we accomplished. I'm proud of 
where they are today. I'm proud of these guys making all the money. I mean that they can, and and the league is global now. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. That's all the, the I, you know, I'm a part of that, man. I don't have you know no regrets. You know, um, how they got, it's their turn now. So how they handle it, that they business. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're at a good place, man. And, you know, as far as, um, you know, the game is now, you from the old school. <laughs> so you yeah. ain't going to watch it as much. <laughs> That's true. But believe me. These young kids are watching. They watching it. When I went to that Spurs game and they had John Morant, those kids were all wearing the jersey. They watching all, it, man. Yeah, they love it. The yeah, jersey yeah. still sell. Yeah. They worldwide they sell. So you 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 was fortunate enough. I'm a grumpy old man at this yeah, point. Well, yes, you are. <laughs> they all say we all grumpy, man, but you're not. You a guy that love that era yeah. that you watch basketball. Yeah. It was more than just entertainment. It was the rivalry. It was guys that played hard all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys get a chance to sit out. Yeah. They say, well, we're going to rest him. Yeah. Man, could you imagine Cuban me Cuban rested rest? half his team the other night. Man, I mean, but again, it's day turn, man. And, hey, do whatever you want, however you want it, man. You know, keep the game going. I, and ain't, no, ain't nothing I can do to it, man, but watch it. But I don't have to watch it because I got a TV I can turn off if I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, and, and my only problem with the current generation, it's this recency bias and not remembering folks like you, George, and the folks that played at, during your time and going, you know, the, the current players, best of all time, blah, 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 and not remembering the majesty and the magic that you guys put on the court back in the day. Well, you know, so, you know, you... Who you would blame? You would blame the ones who own the league, not celebrating the history of the league. Yeah. These kids are so distracted with so many tools. Now, they can go back and look at us because, you know, you got the technology. But the league don't sell that. The league ain't interested yeah. in that. And think about it like this. Because if they was, if they compare some of these guys to some of the guys of yesterday, they're going to ask you, why you ain't talking about him? Because he ain't doing what he did. <laughs> so, you know, you got to be realistic. Yeah. You know, you got to sell the product that you got. That you got, yeah. You know, and that's what they're doing. I ain't mad at them. Yeah. I, I am it makes sense. so confident in my career. I don't care what nobody say. Because if you do analytics, that means you put me in a computer and you spit me out with my stats and all that. You'll be saying, oh, George Gervin could play. That's good enough for me. You know what I mean? I, I don't need nobody well, to well, tell well, me. What do you say about the critics that say, well, yeah, he baked. He didn't play no defense. I don't care. He didn't want hey, to play. That's what I would show. tell them. I said, I could score so well. They pay guys to guard my man and theirs. <laughs> 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 hey, but they, they, say, they, they might say anything. See, but if they really dig and research, they would say George German had more block shots than any guard in the history of the game. You see what I'm saying? See, mm-hmm. you push whatever narrative you want, you know what I mean? But if you do what we don't do as humans, we don't research. We go with what somebody said, yeah. you know? So if you research yourself and say, if that's true, you, you'll realize a lot of the things they say ain't really true. Yeah. You know I mean? That's a stigma that I live with. Most of my crowd, Gerb don't play no D. Dang, I play Odo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, so, it, you yeah. Know, 
wanted to get into something because the measure of man, you know, there's there's on the court, but the true measure of man is what he does off the court. And I want to talk about that, man, because you, you've been such a blessing to the community. And just just giving time for my little stupid podcast, I can't tell you how much it means to me. But talk about the, the things you're doing now, you know, and the impact you're making on young kids' lives. Well, you know, Drew, that's what it's all about. I mean, um, you know, we created an opportunity to educate. Uh, we create services. You know, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a lot of families that, uh, uh, you know, we are able to, uh, you know, create opportunities for. Them. You know, we started off, um, you know, back in the early, late '80s, '90s, where we started with the George Gervin Youth Center. Which it was just a hundred fifty thousand um, dollar budget in uh, right off Broadway here, mm-hmm. right down by the airport. You know, we started a little, you know, after school program. One of the things I always wanted to do was give back to San Antonio. You know, and I called my sister uh, Barbara, uh, Barbara Hawkins, to come down here and help me. You know, help me first with finance because she was an accountant. And then once she got down here, we wanted to create programs for children. You know, she wanted to do programs for adults. And I said, I didn't want to do anything with adults. I wanted to, you know, create programs for for children. Mm -hmm. So as time go by, we kept growing. You know, we kept extending, um, uh, creating more programs. And then we created the charter school, you know, the George Gervin uh, Academy. Um, So I think... Academy now I've been going on about 30 years, Raj. Yeah, so we've been, you know, we've been educating kids for a long time, man. Um, it's so inspiring for me to be in a community. I be at a restaurant or I, I, I be at a, another school or and a parent come to me and say, you know, uh, Mr. Gervin, I am so proud that you created that school because my kid graduated from there. My kid went to five different schools, and he didn't graduate. But when he came to your school, he graduated. For me, you know, that's better than money. You know, that's better than anything I did is to be able to help put a kid on the right path, you know, to success. So I, I'm I, I'm truly proud of what we've done. Um, you know, we start building retirement homes for low income. Uh, we have two of them in the city, and we have one in Gonzales. Um, you know, we we you know we created a, a board. You know, and Roger, you know, Roger Martin is my chairman. I asked Roger to be my chairman. Roger, you've been my chairman now for wow. We going on what fifteen? Roger got you in golf, didn't he? Yeah, Roger, you know, Roger helped with my game. Roger used to beat me all the time, man. Oh, man. (laughs) Because Roger could putt and get up and down. I told you about putting and get up and down. Think about Roger. (laughs) Man, but, you know, the thing. He beat me like I stole something from him. The thing about Roger, man, he always cared. Yeah. You know, Roger used to always, um, he was title sponsor for my golf tournament to raise money for the school. Um, He believed in what we were doing. You know, and when we had an opportunity to ask him to, you know, uh, w- once our chairman died, we had one chairman there, uh, Lindsey, and Lindsey died, and we were looking for a new chairman, and the uh, first person I 
uh, asked was Roger, and he accepted. You know, so for me, the board is everything. You know, and him, by him being the chairman, he helped keep us solid. Because yeah. anything we do, we got to go through the board for approval. Yeah. You know, um, so these are the things, man, that I always wanted to do. Um, I got a great team to make it happen. I mentioned Barbara. Barbara is my brains. I say she the brains of that program, and I'm the brand. You know, yeah. they work well together, you know, and she can she can write a grant and get 100 percent every time she write one. She was trained real well. She have a love. She had a love for that school and and was able to create all kind of programs for this school that still exists today. She retired now and she's a, a state rep, you know, um, in, in, in up in Austin. So. You know, for, you know, for us, um, she's been a jewel, you know, she put things in place and, you know, now, um, you know, we moving forward and changing lives. Uh, you know, the pandemic really had a, you know, a, a impact on all the, you know, the educational facilities. Uh, but, you know, we starting to, to rise again and uh, make a difference in the community. Well, man, you, you sure have made a difference. And I'd say, this is a life achievement, man. The things you're doing in our community and and the outreach programs you have for young and old now. Mm -hmm. So I just thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us. You ever need to put out anything, come on, stop by. We can do that for you. And yeah, I just want to thank you again, man, for stopping by. Anything anything else to no, do? Thank you, man. I mean, uh, I appreciate the relationship we have. Um, Appreciate this opportunity for y'all giving us to, to be able to more so talk about our experience with our community service. Um, you know, over the 30 some years uh, that we've been in existence, uh, we was able to raise over 300 million to put in this community. So I'm real proud of it. And, um, you know, that's my real trophy. You yeah. know, it, it's my, uh, you know, my youth center and my school and, and the programs that we have uh, here in San Antonio. So I'm proud of that. Yeah, yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Guys, you can watch our podcast. We're on, you want to give all our venues, Bob? YouTube, Every place where you can get a good podcast. YouTube, Spotify. All the good places. Apple. <laughs> Spoken like a true naval officer. That's Brother Bob there. The I appreciate you, Bob. Boys. Thank you very much. Well, everybody have a blessed day. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on To The Max Sports. And again, O-H-I-O. <laughs> We're out.